Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, in the traditions of our founders, using the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by their sacred efforts, and most of all, rejecting revolution, standing for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot to cover today. It is supposedly Martin Luther King Day today, right? Whatever that means. We'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds. But Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you. Um, I uh, I forgot about it being Martin Luther King Day. I mean, I you know, it's really interesting, and I don't know if we want to comment now. I, I really won't too, too much, but I do know that we have jettisoned anything like, uh, you know, like a Washington birthday or anything like yeah. that. Probably the greatest president that uh, ever walked on this continent. And... Um, and we, you know, we went to President's Day where that celebrates a Barack Obama and a Bill Clinton and a George W. Bush and everything. And you it's a shame, Ooh. to say the least. It's fraud yeah. day, fake news day, dishonest day. So we're going to celebrate Martin Luther King. We can celebrate the black man who pretended he was super Christian, but he was a pervert. He raped women. He uh, did all kind of things. Violence followed him everywhere he went. Uh, everything about him is an absolute lie in the mainstream press and in our celebration of his day. But we can't celebrate Jesus Christ. You see, there's a new video that just came out. The audio is not very good, but, but I'm going to play it anyway. And the video says this, Jesus Saves shirt is offending people in the Mall of America. I don't know if you know about that, but it's in Bloomington, Minnesota there. And uh, Shopper's security guard says, hey. You have got to get rid of that shirt. I order you to remove your shirt or get out of the mall. If you want to take off that Jesus shirt, it's offending people. You can shop. Otherwise, no. The persecution for real Christians begins. The audio is not very good, but I'm going to play it. Uh, here it is. I understand that. Right. But Jesus is associated with religion and it's offending people. No, it's not. Actually, it's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. But it's the same thing. Okay, people have been offended, and like I said, all we were asking you is to take your shirt off, and you can go to Macy's, or we can leave. I didn't say anything. I didn't speak. I didn't. I didn't speak. I didn't. I didn't say anything. Just going to Macy's. Like, 
against her. All right, so the, there you go. You can stop now. The video goes on, ladies and gentlemen, but basically the bottom line is, look, you can't wear your shirt and be at this mall. People are getting offended with your Jesus shirt, and the shirt's basically Jesus saves. And the gentleman is arguing, going, wait a minute, look, I'm not soliciting. I'm not speaking to anybody. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, but it's soliciting, and you got to take it off or get out. Um, even if he was speaking and soliciting, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you can say this mall's private property, and I agree that we've got a problem when property rights, you know, conflict with free speech and free association and First Amendment rights. Uh, but in this case, I don't know that you can call a, my, a mall uh, private property in that sense. Yes, it might be owned by private property, but I'm not so sure that we haven't crossed a line here. Most malls, most uh, of these kind of entities are funded and backed and paid for by taxpayers. And we get into a very fuzzy logic discussion here. Dr. Bradley, what do you say to this? Well, I think God's offended by us. I mean, maybe not specifically individuals that we might know, but I, I find it rather interesting. The mall is absolutely a public space. Um, they, it's free and open to all to enter. And, and, uh, I, I think that, uh, sometimes we start splitting hairs on things like this to the point that, um, I mean, well, let's, let's in Utah, for example, a concealed carry permit, um, you can carry in all public spaces and that includes all malls. Okay. Now there are other places that try to hone that a little bit let's put it that way they want to restrict the right to keep and bear arms as much as they possibly can and obviously someone comes in your home and everything but uh, you know this these open public spaces i mean i think that if i recall correctly that mall is the largest mall in maybe the world and certainly in the united states yeah and, no question uh, so it is a public space and uh, so i i find it rather interesting that our secular uh, religion the, you know, it's it's the civil religion we have in America in violation of the First Amendment because there has been a taxpayer-supported religion established in the United States. It's taught in public education centers all across the nation. So from K through 12, they teach it. And then if you go into a public university, it obviously goes on steroids. And uh, by the time you wear the black robe and go walk for your degree, you've been fully immersed in the this... Uh, godless religion that worships the you know wisdom of man and so that's kind of where we are in america today it, it really is a tragic travesty to think that oh, this great nation that was born uh, to try and make it available to be able to give consideration to our god anywhere and everywhere now i just have to wonder what would happen if uh akbar allah uh uh, you know that uh, God is great thing came in in Arabic. I wonder what they do about that, or if they, if a Jewish fellow wore something from the Torah on the front of his shirt, or if there was a uh, Hindu with a uh, something, you know, uh, Shiva was on there, or maybe Buddha was on there from from Tibet or something. I mean, I wonder, I wonder what they're doing if they're, if it all has to be, you know, tied back to Einstein or something. It's just really interesting to me. Because it seems like Christianity is always the target. It's not any other uh, religious belief system. And certainly the humanist, re uh, it's a religion. It's a, it's a godless religion. It has no divine God, but, but it is a religion. It's a faith-based system that worships the wisdom of man. 
And it's taught so thoroughly that, uh, you know, everybody takes offense. Um, and I can tell you just a, a little interesting side note, how people get, they get kind of half-cocked and go off. Um, in an institution I worked for, we had put music on hold. You know Mannheim Steamroller. It's, you know, it's just, of course. you know, techno music, you know, computer generated and all that kind of stuff. And and um, at Christmas time, we put some Mannheim Steamroller on our music on hold. And uh, holy Hannah, some of the humanists came out of their chairs. They thought it was some kind of Gregorian worship service or something. I don't know. That's literally the word they used was Gregorian worship service. And so I, I just, I, you know, it's it's a techno blast music. I mean, it's not uh, in any way, shape, or form, even one single religion. I mean, there's a whole broad spectrum of Christianity that could say you use Christian music, but everything was there from all the holiday everything's, and and uh, because there was perhaps. Some thought that maybe religion was involved in it. They came out of their chairs. We had formal protests and everything else like that. It was absolutely absurd. We told them to go to hell. But at any rate, that was kind of the way <laughs> it ran. But holy yeah, cow. Yeah, let me remind an American standing up, but yeah. I'm telling you the persecution of Christians uh, has been around since the days of Adam. Uh, and at first he, uh, you know, the Savior tells us that uh, first it was done to him before it was done to us. I understand that. But the lies society promotes on Martin Luther King Day, MLK Day, today uh, are insane, Dr. Bradley. Look, this guy was literally uh, a problem. Okay, he wasn't uh, a, a faithful Christian. He wasn't true to, uh, say, wife or whatever else. He wasn't true to the people. Everywhere he went, he, they claim he was a peaceful guy but violence followed him wherever he went it was just magical that he would leave and the violence would start uh and, but everything he did was a lie though uh, the the speeches the backing of communist money the uh perverted agenda and life that he led serious serious problems doctor uh, but yet they want to tell us that we better not have fake news running around the whole day is based on fake news of who he really was you know, the light gets softer on him every year um, when it comes to the the glorious, you know, review of all the things that are attributed to him. It's, it's really kind of sad. And we have set aside some other very important things. I remember when I was a uh, department head and director at a university when this thing first came up, they said, we're going we're gonna to rotate year to year to year. One year's President's Day, the next year we're going to do a Martin Luther King Day. And they figured nobody would be watching, but we kind of kept track of it. And we found that nine straight years it was Martin Luther King instead of a President's Day. And when we brought it up, they said, oh, no, we're, we're rotating. No, you're not. And here's the proof. And we had all the proof in the pudding. But it's interesting to me that the, you know, I, the Utah legislature starts tomorrow. But they moved it a day so that they wouldn't have to be meeting on Martin Luther King. But before that, they had a big celebration every every Monday morning when they did that. So it's interesting. The FBI how it's documents that Martin Luther King sat by and laughed while his buddy raped a woman. And he had more than 40 documented affairs, folks. As you are aware. 
America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. on your radio ladies and gentlemen this is serious though you know when we talk about martin luther king the fbi has files on this guy he had 40 affairs and raped a friend a pastor raped a woman folks this guy it's not even his real name okay recordings from the fbi literally accuse uh michael king which is his real name uh, of this um this is a problem folks if we're going to be talking about honest versus fake news This is the quintessential. We literally jettisoned George Washington's birthday or uh, uh, President's Day, and now we replace it with this. So you can't wear a Jesus shirt over the weekend in a mall, the biggest mall in America, but yet we could celebrate these lies. Communist money backed Martin Luther King. That's well documented as well, doctor. Yeah, there's a whole litany of things that uh, have been kind of scrubbed from the... uh, well, you know, it's been put down the memory hole, basically. If you think back of the George Orwell and, and Winston Smith and that episode in his Ministry of Truth where <clears throat> everything gets put down the hole that doesn't fit the narrative. And I, I think we're on steroids on this thing now. But, you know, the thing that's really, that's not the most worst thing, but we've been doing this Martin Luther King thing for so many years now that... Um, you know, a guy like Christopher Columbus gets uh, pillaged and, and uh, basically pilloried uh, every time Christopher Columbus, uh, this, you know, Columbus Day comes around. But Martin Luther King thing gets enshrined higher and higher on the, the flagpole. And uh, 
we we really have got a skewed view of of what this nation's about, what our history is, and uh, what went before. And so because of that, we get the George Floyd riots. I mean, here's a, I guess we don't want to get too distracted by that, but we burned the country down, or we tried to anyway, here uh, uh, three years ago when, when the, that was coming up. And and uh, it's, <laughs> it's astonishing. And again, it goes back to the Marxist philosophy of, divide and conquer, this conflict-based relationship kind of thing. We uh, we have them trying to fracture the society on as many lines as we can. And uh, some people used to be, it was probably 30 years ago, that balkanization was a common term. But we don't, most people don't even, have never even heard of probably today. But basically, at the, you look at the old Yugoslavia, where they uh, divided and conquered along so many fracture lines until they everybody was at each other's throat all the time you know and and uh, we ended up in bosnia herzegovina where the world war one started you know that was has always been kind of a hotbed of a lot of acrimony but at any rate uh that's what we're doing to america we're dividing it we're putting all these fracture lines in and and uh pretty soon we have um nothing but hate going on instead of you know, looking at the noble, the uplifting, the beneficial things, the goodness of what really has been our basis in our nation. You know, critical race theory plays on that angle. The the 1619 uh, project, the uh, you know, the Christopher Columbus nonsense. I mean, come on, people. Every single step of the way, we have hate and acrimony. We've had enough of that in this country all along. There's no question. Whether it was religious persecution or it was persecution against the Native Americans, sure, we got to heal and go forward. We really ought to. Amen be doing to that. that. You know, the reason that I bring this up, Doctor, is a lot of people say, "Sam, lay off Martin Luther King. You got to pick your battles. It's not somebody really to talk about. He's in such, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, favor in America. He has such a protected, you know, holier than thou uh, status or whatever else." And my response is, "Look, if you can't document the Federal Reserve criminal activity in government, documenting fake money." then every transaction is dishonest because we're using dishonest money. Same thing with Dr. Martin Luther King. They've literally replaced the greatest general America's ever known, replaced the man who had the opportunity for to obtain power over and over and humbly rejected it. Um, was George Washington perfect? No. Was he a god? Of course not. He's just a man. But he was a very righteous, good man. Uh, and we jettison that and put this guy in his place. Then they run around and tell me, Sam, you're not allowed to peddle fake news, you see. Okay, we need to call these people out, though. If we allow this to happen, look, you've got a communist pervert that's being promoted as a saint in America. Okay, that's the facts. And it isn't the truth. And so when you can't wear a Jesus shirt in the mall, but we can literally lie about this guy, look, the FBI knows. They documented this guy literally sat by and watched another pastor rape a woman. He literally had more than 40 affairs. Uh, he literally was backed by communist money and had communist connections and employed communists. They all surrounded him. Violence appeared in his wake. Okay, We'll never get to the bottom of the, of the activities in America uh, in modern times that we speak of unless we talk about the origins of this kind of stuff, which Martin Luther King is into it to his neck. And so, anyway, I don't want to spend forever on this because I want to move on to other topics, but I really want to double down on this and make this point. I will not lay off Martin Luther King. It's not even his real name. 
They've lied to you on every aspect of his life, just like they're lying to you about George Santos, that he was a good guy, that they didn't know about it in advance. That's all a lie, too. Now we have documentation showing that Republicans knew in advance and let it go on purpose because he was backed by big money and hidden puppet strings, doctor. And so was Martin Luther King. Well, you know, it's interesting. You follow the money. There's always that little phraseology, and we really do need to do that more often. I mean, whether it's George Soros or or George Santos, you know, or whether it's Martin Luther King. I mean, um, it's it's very astounding to me that we seem to sell our souls to the to the biggest uh, Madison Avenue advertising scheme that happens, and and so we really got to start doing our own research and we've got to go to the baseline stuff i mean we've got a well-marked uh baseline that we could go back to but holy cow we're it's just absolutely astounding to me it's tough it takes guys like me on the radio to get us back there but look over the or last week i guess illinois governor whacked out mr jd pritzker signed a bill into law that blatantly violates the second amendment law enforcement agents are now fighting back illinois sheriff explains why they will not enforce the governor's criminal violation of the second amendment sheriff mack appeared on in focus with addison smith with the one american news network and spoke out very boldly and said look this guy's a criminal we need to stop him uh look he doesn't have authority to do this and we need to simply uh push him to resign or impeach or fire him i think that we the people and the people of illinois need to peacefully fire the criminal pritzker he has no authority to do this at all ladies and gentlemen well over the weekend the number of sheriffs continues to grow saying we will not go along with this gun control dishonest agenda okay uh basically look this guy swore an oath to uphold the supreme law of the land, not tear it down. Now Pritzker, this thug sheriff or shug governor, thug governor in Illinois, uh, basically says, "Look, I'll fire law enforcement if they don't go along." Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> at least seventy-four now Illinois sheriffs and departments have vowed to fight against the assault weapons ban. They say that it violates the Constitution and the Second Amendment. Even ABC News now realizes this well while this thug pritzker is doing this joe biden has an atf ban of millions of guns with quote new rule they say gun owners could face up to 10 years if they don't comply in prison the gateway pundit with this one Uh, now this is an epic showdown battle that the cspoa is going to get in the center of like you wouldn't believe now the governor says, hey, you can't pick which laws you're going to obey. Sheriffs, you got to do this. Well, myself, along with Sheriff Richard Mack, are saying, that's right, Governor, and you swore an oath to the supreme law of the land, and now you have lied. You have betrayed the people. You have violated your oath of office. You've created a criminal offense which creates a conflicting state law with the general law in the Constitution, or the Second Amendment, if you will. So that's right. Pritzker, you can't pick which law you want to obey, the the made-up pretend legislation, according to the Declaration of Independence, or the real law, the Supreme Law. You don't get to choose either, Governor. And so we're calling on the firing uh, of this Pritzker guy. You've got to stop this flat-out belligerent governor that is out of control, Doctor. 
Well, there's so many issues we could talk about. We only got a minute or two before the break at the bottom of the hour. But uh, every single aspect of, of this thing absolutely violates all baseline principles of the United States. And natural law, God-given law, this, uh, uh, you know, rights, the individual rights, all that kind of stuff is bad. Violates the, uh, this, you know, recent Heller and, and uh, McDonald cases. And uh, it will be in, end up in the courts. It will be overturned. But in the interim, there's a lot of problems. you got to stand for the sacred cause of liberty, ladies and gentlemen, that the people of Illinois and the people of the United States don't stop Pritzker and Biden. We get what we deserve. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable Live. Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. House Republicans are calling for the visitor's log from President Biden's home in Delaware, where top-secret documents were found in various locations. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Republican James Comer, on CNN overnight. A special counsel was called for. But yet, hours after that, we still had the president's personal attorneys who have no security clearance still rummaging around the the president's residence looking for things. I mean, that would essentially be a crime scene. Today is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day in America. It is a federal holiday. We one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream the national debt at this time is nearly $31.5 trillion. Senator Raphael Warnock is warning his fellow members of Congress that defaulting on the national debt is serious. We can do deficit reduction, but at the same time, the last thing we ought to be doing is playing chicken with the American economy. Appearing on ABC's This Week, the Georgia Democrats said any shock to the economy would disproportionately affect those already struggling the most. According to most analysts, August is the true deadline by which Congress needs to act on a budget in the debt limit. If nothing is worked out, Treasury could be forced to live hand-to-mouth through a series of interim debt ceiling increases for weeks or months. I'm John Schaefer. Alabama basketball player 21-year-old Demarius Miles and a friend, 20-year-old Michael Lynn Davis, have been charged with capital murder after a fatal shooting near the campus Sunday morning. Police say 23-year-old Jamia Harris of the Birmingham area was shot and killed. At this time, they say the only motive appears to be a minor altercation. Miles has been removed from the basketball team. Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League wraps up tonight as the Cowboys will play the Buccaneers in Tampa, Florida. This is USA News. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and Capel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. It was very easy to use from the login and the setup was extremely easy. I didn't have to call anyone for help. I was able to do it on my own. And I love the fact that I can run my payroll and print my pay stubs. And then you guys do all of the filing for me. So I get a quarterly report that everything's been filed on my behalf. And then at the end of the year, I can print out my W-2s. So I use you guys 
I tell everybody, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Why anybody doesn't use y'all, I don't know. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about these 74 sheriffs standing up against the Illinois governor. <laughs> I submit this guy needs to literally be removed from office. He swore an oath to the Constitution, doctor. There's a process, I'm sure. I don't know the, I don't know the way it's outlined in uh, the uh, Illinois Constitution, but I think it ought to be. It ought to go through the rule of law ought to prevail. I think that, uh, uh, that there needs to be a process begun, and, and uh, let's just get it done. It's time. I think there, you know, Jefferson talked about the, uh, impeachment being a scarecrow, and everybody's probably seen in the cartoons about, you know, a scarecrow out in the middle of the cornfield, and cor- the uh, crows are, are uh, sitting on its arms that are outstretched, you know. It's kind of like they're not scared of it at all, but th- we need to reimplement that. Uh, this bizarre set of impl- of uh, impeachments that went on with Donald Trump kind of even took more wind out of the sails of that. We have very blatant and justifiable reasons to impeach and remove people from office. I mean, you look at Joe Biden's uh, completely criminal activity in securing the nation's borders. I mean, we we spend more money securing other nations' borders. We really do. You look at that $1.7 trillion fiasco that went out through the omnibus uh, bill and what we're spending on securing other nations' borders, and we won't secure ours. And we have laws in place that say, yeah, this is how we, we, do, we do immigration. And uh, none of it's being followed. It's just a well, and by Biden's guess, ATF by ban as well as criminal activity too. This is why I say if we let Pritzker and Biden continue, along with a whacked out governor uh, in California, we uh, some degree deserve what we get, ladies and gentlemen. Now Biden also locks down Mount Rushmore for the July fireworks for the third year in a row. Now you can say, well, Sam, who? Why do you want to spend your time talking about fireworks? Who cares? No, no, no. The point is that these governors believe that the president can just dictate to them, and it's not constitutionally true, doctor. Well, and then we get into, I mean, I'm always throwing more uh, things on the fire. It's not hot enough. But uh, virtually all the holdings, virtually all the holdings of land within our continental United States and Alaska which is about all the United States, I guess, is is unconstitutionally held. I mean, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 specifies the number of acres that the United States government may hold, 64,000 acres for the uh, uh, for Washington, D.C., and then some other places, you know, like for arsenals and, and some other things that, that are agreed to by the states. But that's the maximum holding over long term for the United States government. I, I know that there's... Times that yeah, they have uh, you no know, authority to hold land for a monument. No, they, the, the whole thing is a, a charade. I think back when Bill Clinton signed the Escalante Staircase Monument, it uh, locked up the world's largest, cleanest burning coal, world's largest. 
the uh, I mean, it, at the time in the 90s, it was a trillion dollars worth of coal. Now it's probably 50 trillion. I don't know what the number is for, for what energy stuff is now. But at the time, we, we looked at that, and it was over a trillion dollars worth of coal at that time. It's the cleanest burning coal on the planet, and they locked it up. Now, the Utah has a, uh, a situation where we get a, a kind of a, a rake-off when stuff is harvested out of our natural resources and it goes into the school fund. And basically, Utah would have gone, uh, you know, from the oh, 48th or 49th or 50th uh, poorest school funding back then. It's probably much higher now. To number one with school funding if that had been allowed to be go forward and be harvested. But Bill Clinton locked it up. I mean, huge tracts of land. And, uh, you know, the, these, even the Antiquities Act that they use as a, an excuse to say, oh, no, 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 we, we should be able to protect, you know, like some, you know, uh, Pueblo, uh, some dwelling place of the Native Americans. You know, most of the things up to that point had been like a 10-acre plot or something like that they were protecting. And we're talking millions of acres on these things. The, the swaths of unrighteous government that we're accepting, it's, it's unrighteousness at every turn. And none of the uh, uh, authority is there constitutionally to do any of these things we're talking about. So, I, you know, you look. We, okay, Congress makes law. Let's go back to the immigration thing. Congress makes a law about immigration. We have the most generous immigration policy in the world. And it's it's uh, Article One, Section Eight says Congress can do this. Okay, so they have, and and the president then signs the bill. President has the responsibility to carry out the law. I mean that's his job. You read Article Two of the Constitution, but the president is not doing that. And 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 you look at how the president, by executive order, by edict, is creating law in violation of Article One, Section One where all legislative authority is delegated to the Congress. And so the president, he's making law, quote-unquote, it's not law. It's just like what happened all across the nation during the, the lockdown. All these mandates were not law. The governors were just waving a magic wand and making what is enforced as law upon the people. I've yeah, got there you <coughs> go. It's out of control, know. and it's got to stop. It We've got to stand up and stop this. If the American people don't, we're in serious trouble. Supposedly, Kevin McCarthy is being praised by Tucker Carlson because Kevin is supposed to release 14,000 hours of video from January 6th, claiming that the people should see it all. The question becomes how many law enforcement agents actively helped January 6th patriots into the building that day. We know some did. We have video of it, etc. And so you got to kind of ask yourself that now. At first, I was thinking, good for Kevin. I hope he does it. But now it turns out that he wants to release it the way the Twitter files were released, which means pick your favorite reporter, release kind of what you want in the way that you want, not really tell the whole story. I hope that doesn't happen. I think we need to put all 14,000 hours completely out for everybody or anyone to analyze uh, and know the truth. Uh, I think Kevin wants to release this to sound good to the public. But I don't believe that we're really going to get it all in its entirety like we were hoping for. I pray I'm wrong and pray that Kevin releases it all, Doctor. Well, I hope you're wrong, too. But I I wonder how this goes in terms of the sealing of the January 6th hearings that they had in the committee. Uh, they they talked about sealing their 
uh, findings and their evidence and all those kind of things. And, of course, a, 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 an existing legislature cannot bind the hands of a future legislature. So it would seem to me that they would have every authority to unseal it. I'm quite disheartened at almost every time we have a an overture or a statement that they're going to be transparent and they're going to expose, you know, whatever information. It's a Kennedy assassination or anything like that. Uh, there's always uh, huge, huge redacted segments of that. And uh, and so we, I don't ever feel like we're getting the, the whole story. It's almost like, you know, I've got an adage that says if they hold a press conference, they're lying because they want to spin the outcome of it. So it remains to be seen, and I just hope and pray that we do get a full exposure and the American public can see the complicit nature that maybe Nancy Pelosi completely participated in. I think that would be well, a rather we're pray that we get the truth on this from Kevin McCarthy and crew. Time will tell. Now, there's a news release that talks about Joe Biden and the CIA worked to install the current communist regime in Brazil. Yeah, this was all planned in advance, they now say. Doctor? Now, no, wait a minute. The CIA being involved in a coup? <laughs> if you don't catch the cynicism in my statement there, uh, this has been, I mean, the CIA needs to be defunded too and put out of business. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, we have a responsibility to have intelligence gathering going on out there. But you look at, I mean, clear, you go back to um, Alan Dulles, um, the, the one of the John Foster, Alan Dulles brothers, and they're not a music group, no. And uh, they're, com they're completely involved in subverting the United States into a global government, going back to 1916 when Woodrow Wilson sent them as a tag team to go put together the uh, uh, League of Nations in, in the aftermath of what they knew would happen in, in the uh, World War I. But Dulles was the CIA director, and uh, absolutely, and his brother was the Secretary of State under uh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower, of course, was a, was a CFR director, a Council on Foreign Relations. For those that don't know, that's a globalist organization that's seeking to subvert the United States into a, a global government. All of these kinds of things are just bizarre. But back during that era, I, that's what made me think about the overthrowing the government, a, uh, an elected organization, an elected government in Iran was overthrown by the CIA. Now, it had happened before we using the British intelligence and the Russians in World War I. But that's why the Iranians hate our guts so much. We overthrew an elected government, which was yeah, not a good and government. Now we, we find out these secret files that Joe had had to do with Iran, right? And had to do with the Ukraine-Russia situation. Isn't that interesting? Look, these people are criminals, folks, and we better wake up to the secret combinations that are getting above the people, and we better do it fast. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution.
I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, Sam Bushman. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. Man, I, I just don't know how to cover all this news, ladies and gentlemen. The economy's got a bleak outlook. The 2023, people are asking, is 2023... The year the economy's bubble's going to burst? What do you say, doctor? Well, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball on that. I hope it doesn't, but uh, there's uh, pretty bad evidence out there of where it's going. You know, I'm a little disappointed in a way. <clears throat> Maybe this is on your list, but we haven't talked about the Davos gathering starting today in the Swiss chalet town, a ski town, where the World Economic Forum, I mean, there's like, I think, 600 CEOs that are gathering and and the, uh, like, 52, something like that, world heads of state, and they're going to try and plan our future for us. I mean, you know, and I've... I'm uh, hoping I've we can talk about that in a lot more detail this Friday, As it doctor. unfolds, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, but I'm we'll, telling we'll do you, it, but you're right. It's, 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 wow. But look, they're talking about food shortage as a weapon. We're talking about Biden's fossil fuel tax hikes. Um, we're talking about, you know, serious stuff here. Now, I brought up a term called, are the natives getting restless with Chris Carlson uh, on Saturday. And I want to quickly explain that and have you respond to that. Um, you know, are the natives getting restless? Here's what I mentioned from the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. The Secretary of Agriculture called it the greatest handbook for freedom. So I know we've got way more, you know, people listening around the world that are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints than that are. However, whether you believe in the book as a spiritual book of Scripture or not, when Benson called it the greatest handbook for freedom ever written, I think it's worthy of discussing. Well, in that book, they talked about the ancient civilizations of America and the uh, doings of the people, if you will. The prophets would testify of Christ. The wicked people would destroy the people for tyranny and gain and profit and etc. Uh, and when the people would get wicked, the Lord would crack down on them. There would be war and destruction. 
Then the people would repent, and the Lord would bless them with wealth and riches, and they call it the pride cycle. When the people got proud, they'd lose everything they had. When the people are humble and realize that God gave them all that they had, it was a blessing. And uh, Anyway, the greatest handbook for freedom. In that book, uh, it talks about how the leaders of their society, so I'm going to call them the Sadducees and Pharisees of their day, would gauge the people's minds and hearts and say, you know what? what, what are the people thinking? And they were really afraid of the people. And so they'd gauge their minds, and if their minds were against something, they would kind of back off, and they would soft-pedal it and slowly but surely agitate and manipulate till they could get consensus on, you know, violence or anger or war or whatever they wanted, putting a certain person in power, etc. cetera. Um, and when the people's minds were favorable, they would go forward with something when it wasn't favorable. And so I, I call it, you know, the natives are getting restless because that's what they're doing in modern times right now. This gun control bill floated by Biden, it only affects certain kind of bump stocks and this and that and whatever. And the Illinois bill, well, it doesn't affect all your guns, just some of them. And these are trial balloons to gauge the minds of the people to see how restless the natives are getting. We need to realize this for what it is, doctor. You know, it's interesting. Um, there's never a establishment-generated movement to increase liberty. I mean, just, just go back and, and register back here and there and everywhere. It is always, always, always an incremental slide into tyranny. And, and you're right. They do a little bit here and a little bit there. And it's uh, Antonio Gramsci, who was an Italian communist back in the 1920s and 30s, so 100 years ago, um, he talked to, well, it's my, my vernacular, a slice-at-a-time communism, where you take a little here and a little there until you finally have a whole, you know, loaf of bread or bologna or whatever it is you've taken and you've bought it lock, stock, and barrel. And that's really what's going on, slice-at-a-time tyranny that's happening in the United States. It's always been done that way. I mean, if, if you know, whether you're talking about the Book of Mormon and the, and the way the, the, there was incremental... Uh, damages that were done to the liberties of the people, or you talk about, you know, the life of the, the Savior during his mortal existence when the Sadducees and Pharisees had seen him on the dusty streets of Judea. And, uh, you know, the, the, the populace, they always tried to register the, the interest and uh, uh, kind of inclinations of the mind of the populace, and they, they kind of calibrated whatever they were doing to that. And it's even in front of Pilate, they did a similar thing. They kind of agitated the crowd until they got the people on their side saying, crucify him, crucify him. This is what they've done all the way through history, those that were seeking to overthrow mankind's blessings, liberty, prosperity, peace, you know, the things that are really precious, the things of truth, family, you know, the things that really are cherishable. And uh, a little bit at a time, you know, whether it's a T-shirt in the... Uh, big mall or it's a, a public education setting or whether it's a gun control issue or whether it's an economic thing or whether it's something about we're going to overthrow another government somewhere else a little here and a little there pretty soon it's pretty much a disaster and and we've just got to wake up to a sense of our awful situation we've got to recognize that this is an incremental cost by the way i uh, this morning I was reviewing some stuff that's going on in the state of Utah because our legislature starts tomorrow. And, and I, th I see some of these legislators, they have got just the smooth-tongued devils in there 
who know how to spin things just to make it sound like it's just right for us. They don't tell us the real reasons behind what they're doing. They put this um, spin on it that says, oh, for the people's sake or for the children. We've got to do this for the children, whatever. But every single incremental thing they're doing is wrong. I mean, I can't think of a single thing that's on track for doing the right thing. So, yeah, I, th I really do think we've got it. Number one, we've got to become a soundly founded, understanding, principles-based people. And we've got to elect those to office that do that and keep their actions within the limits and bounds that are established within the Constitution that we, the people, agreed. The consent of the governed is required. We didn't give our consent for someone to be elected to office to go run off the rails like the governor of, of uh, Illinois has. No. That or governor George took Santos, who flat out lied, created criminal offense to get elected. New York City health officials now literally admit that the Omicron subvariant is more likely to infect the vaccinated people. However, they still push and urge residents to get vaccinated, doctor. This is kind of what we're talking about. The people don't know the truth. Well, it's pretty easy to do for the last two and a half years. People have been depriving their brains of oxygen with the face diapers. Their, do their, their, blood, I mean, their brain cells have been dying, be and they don't have the logic, reason, and intelligence. They've been put through a public education system that tries to tell you what to think, not how to think. And pretty soon, there's, you, know, you just put the spin on it in the media, and everybody's yes or yes or three bags full. So, so it's, it's a, when they do put out something that actually is true, they can counter it immediately with some stupidity like, yeah, we know if you get the vaccine, you're going to end up probably being more likely to become ill and maybe even die. But everybody ought to get it anyway. I mean, how stupid do we have to be? I'm so done with stupid. I am so done. <laughs> Amen to that, Dr. Bradley. I'll tell you what, though. Restaurants in California are now adding an inflation fee to your bill. So watch your bill if you're in California, people. Can you believe this? Yeah, I absolutely can. I mean, California has been on such a death march for so long in terms of destroying what was once a magnificently, I mean, you look at the prosperity was there, the climate, the opportunities that were there, the population, uh, the resources that were there. I mean, come on, California was kind of an American dream, but they've been trying to harvest anything good out of there. I, I did an interview yeah, a that's number of years song, ago. California dreaming. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, we could go on a, a sidetrack with that. But the fact of the matter is they are plundering and those that can will leave. I mean, I guarantee that there's an well, there is already an out migration to California. And, uh, and so whether it's an energy uh, kind of a surcharge or a, a, a food surcharge or a gasoline surcharge or even a bigger surcharge to have a police officer respond when you've been robbed. I don't know. These guys think that all it is is it's a harvesting thing. I mean, kind of like Soylent Green. You know, they're harvesting the bodies. They're not quite doing bodies yet. They're just harvesting all the economy at this point, and they're going to take everything they can before finally it collapses, and it will collapse. And the, and the people ultimately yeah, and here's will the have proof. to say. The, the CPI index that was used in the 1980s by your government, they've now switched to a different one to make things seem more mild. But if you use the one that was used in the 1980s, we're at 15.3% inflation, doctor. Well, absolutely, and I think that's understating it. I, I think that what we're finding is uh, 
just basically a complete erosion of the foundation. Now, by the way, the general welfare spoken of in the uh, preamble of the Constitution and in Article 1, Section 8, the general welfare thing had to do with good government, predictable and stable, where justice was meted out, where there was no false economy, where there was no f um, uh, domestic violence, where there was new f no foreign invasion. That's what they were seeking. And here today we have almost every single aspect of what they were trying to make sure they prevented is the basis of the government today. They're destroying the economy with everything they do, false money, the Federal Reserve, the creation of money. We, we heard a little blurb about the uh, uh, national debt. Oh, yeah, they'll just, oh, yeah, we'll just kind of raise it. We'll bump it a little incrementally. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, and, and now they're basically uh, saying if the Republicans don't raise it, they're going to bring danger and damage to the republic or whatever. Look, it's folks, already the only, there, folks. <laughs> the only real long-term solution we have, ladies and gentlemen, is to start building facilities and stockpiles of everything we need, everything we use, so that we can eliminate our future need for money or reduce it significantly. It takes time. So you can't dally around and waste time. You've got to get supplies while they're available. You've got to use your uh, everything that you can to create some secure facilities in your home. You've got to stockpile everything that you need. That's what we've got to do, ladies and gentlemen, while we turn to God Almighty. Uh, yeah, so on Saturday, Doctor, uh, I talked to Chris Carlson about a book called The End of the World is Just the Beginning basically mapping the collapse of globalization. Uh, it's a nonfiction book, I guess, written by Peter Zeehan. Uh, a very interesting book highlighting, hey, we need to fight this stuff, folks. And we can, but we've got to turn to God. We need God's help. The founders understood that. We must understand it, too. And then we've got to stand together. We don't seek for power. We seek to pull it down. That's what we've got to focus on, doctor. Well, we've got to have this pragmatic view on things. Yes, indeed, God is in charge. But all of these people that, uh, maybe there's not a whole lot, maybe there's tons, I don't know, <coughs> that put their head in the sand and say, oh, yeah, God's going to twinkle us off the earth as things get rough. I've got a feeling if you look through history, good people have suffered bad things. We need to look to God. We need to do what we can. We need to do the right thing for the right reasons. And if we're doing that, I think God can bless us. If we're not... If we're just putting our head in the sand and saying he's going to pull us out of this before we have to suffer, I think we're kind of delusional. Strong delusions. Read sec Second ahead, Thessalonians. Doctor. Read about strong delusions. There's plenty of that going and on. And realize we've got to have God, family, and country, ladies and gentlemen. We, the people, can get on our knees and pray hard and repent and then stand up and go to work to preserve the nation. FreedomsRisingSun.com, LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for 
Wow, it's already January the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country, and to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founders. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration, and we believe the checks and balance is one of the peaceful ways we can absolutely restore the country. Welcome to the broadcast. Last hour was an incredible hour with Dr. Scott Bradley. It is Martin Luther King Day. We got to reject the lies. That's not even his real name. Uh, he was literally a criminal backed by communist money and an absolute pervert. FBI files now have revealed that he literally sat by and watched his friend, another pastor, rape a woman, and he just laughed. He had more than 40-plus affairs. We're telling lies about Martin Luther King, and sadly, we replaced President's Day, George Washington's birthday, with this kind of dereliction of understanding. They claim that we can't peddle false news, but wow, boy, howdy, have they peddled the lies on this one. With that, Lowell Nelson, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, CampaignForLiberty.org. Hello, sir. Good to be with you, Sam. Thanks for the uh, the introduction. Great day today. What do you say, man, about these lies that we're telling about uh, Martin Luther King? Well, I know that you're not telling any lies about him, but I know the lamestream media sure is. And uh, I, like you, believe that it's a travesty to be celebrating you know, the life of Martin Luther King when we should be instead celebrating, you know, our great president. Of course, even then, you know, it's not solutions uh, that we want. We want local solutions, not national-based solutions. So we really ought to be celebrating, you know, people like like you and Kurt, right? I mean, people that uh, provide an alternative media source of information, people who tell the truth, truth tellers, that's who we really ought to be celebrating this day sam <clears throat> that's what we're celebrating and that's why we have my dear truth teller brother on the radio lowell nelson of campaign for liberty.org ladies and gentlemen and man he's got some incredible topics to discuss today let's start with trump's tax returns they show the evil of income tax ron paul with another incredible column sir a great column that was posted at the Campaign for Liberty website just last week. It describes the evils of the income tax. He mentions that the final act of the Democrat majority on the House Ways and Means Committee was to make public several years of Donald Trump's tax return. <clears throat> this disclosure confirmed that, quote, despite being one of the richest people in America, Donald Trump paid very little in federal income tax, end quote. Well, it turns out that, in fact, one year he paid less than a thousand bucks. Now, um, are, are you a person, are, are you mad or are you glad that Donald Trump minimized his tax liability? I mean, that's the question we should ask ourselves. And I really hope that you're glad. I mean, I'd be glad, Sam, if everyone minimized their tax liability, and especially if they could minimize it to zero. That would really make me happy. Now, now, some people mistakenly believe that the IRS mainly audits rich tax cheats, but that's not the case. According to data released by the Syracuse University Transactional Records Clearinghouse, in 2022, lower income taxpayers were five and a half times more likely than millionaires and billionaires to be audited. <clears throat> Why? Well, because low income taxpayers don't have enough money to afford 
the accountants and tax attorneys and so forth to fight the IRS. So, you know, taking their licks is economically more advantageous than, than fighting the IRS. In fact, or sometimes, even if it's not more advantageous, the fact is they don't have a choice. Yeah. In fact, this reminds me of the, the targets of civil asset confiscation. You know, most confiscations um, are of the amounts under $1,300. Now, why is that? Well, because most people don't have the money or they don't want to spend the thousands of dollars required to prevent the confiscation of just 1300 bucks or some lesser amount. And so they just make the economic decision, well, I'll let go of this 1300 bucks because I don't want to spend $13,000 trying to defend 1300 And so that's why so many confiscations are these small amounts. Well, IRS does the same thing. If you're a small guy, small fish in a big pond, then that's, you know, they're coming after you because they know you're not going to fight them. That's sad but true. Well, back to the evil income tax, Sam. House Republicans, they wanted to fund the 87,000 new IRS agents, but Biden said he would veto such a bill, so you can expect more agents and more audits than ever before. And at this point, Dr. Ron Paul raises a very good philosophical issue. He writes that proponents of a flat tax or a national sales tax argue that rich people would have to pay their fair share of taxes, you know, under such a plan, you know, with a flat tax. But saying we must all pay our fair share of taxes assumes that we have a moral obligation to the government that can only be fulfilled by turning over as much of our income as our so-called public servants demand. But this is not the case. You know, Dr. Paul then writes this truth, quote, individuals have a moral duty to support their family and to support private charities if they wish. They do not have a moral duty to support the government. End quote. So, Sam, let me ask you this question now. Do you and I, do we have a moral duty to support the government, the general government, state government, county government, city government? I mean, when I say the government, it could be any level. But do you and I have a moral duty to support the government at some level? I would answer in a nuanced way. In general, I agree with Ron Paul because the IRS and the extraction of money by force as they're doing is unconstitutional and criminal by nature. All right. It, the idea, it's rooted in the idea that government has the first claim on our income, which I believe is repugnant to a free society. But I would go back to Bastier's The Law for the guidance, and I would say if government obeys its proper minimal checks and balanced role and acts defensively not offensively and lives within its scope and obtains taxes in the proper way then there's no need for us to be in a position where we're forced to pay the government money let me give you an example if we have apportionment taxes at the state level and then those taxes are sent downwards to the general government remember the state's created the government it's not uh, up to the government it's down so the states send money down to the government from apportionment taxes and then the general government derived its money from tariffs and excise taxes uh, at the borders there would not be a burden on the american people uh, so i do believe that the government in its proper role has a, a an opportunity to receive just legitimate funding but not directly 
and not to the people. And our obligation is first to God in tithing, not to government in any way, shape, or form. So I agree with Ron Paul 100%, but I put that educational understanding in place so people get the idea. Look, government has a legitimate need for appropriate funding, but that is not direct. That is not on the people. That does not conflict with or compete with God or your family. Remember, it's God, family, country, not the other way around. So I agree with Dr. Brad or with uh, Dr. Ron Paul, and I simply say this: the income tax must be repealed. It's criminal. It's one of the communism taxes. It's the communist manifesto, folks. It isn't America the way our founders envisioned or designed at all. And Bastier's the law lays out that balance perfectly. Lol. Well said, Sam, and I agree with you. I, I agree with your nuanced answer. And, uh, you know, Dr. Paul concludes his column with this uh, quote here, quote, the income tax must also be repealed because the force of the IRS, along with the fraud of the Federal Reserve, is one of the two foundations of the welfare warfare state that erodes our liberty and prosperity. The only way to avoid 1984 is to repeal 1913, end of quote. I like that last sentence. And I, only, I could not agree more. <laughs> the only way to avoid 1984, and he's referring there, of course, to George Orwell's book, 1984, says the only way to avoid 1984, which is a complete uh, totalitarian surveillance state, which we're approaching very fast. Anyway, and we'll get to that later on in the broadcast. But the only way to avoid 1984 is to repeal 1913. Of course, that refers to the introduction of uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, of the income tax, and the 17th Amendment when states lost their representation in the Senate. So very interesting, Sam. In my opinion, Dr. Ron Paul, absolutely on fire with solutions. And the reason that Lowell and I bring this incredible article from Dr. Ron Paul up is because this is Solutions Radio, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I don't like to just complain about the problems. I like to provide solutions, and that's why I back Campaign for Liberty so wholeheartedly, because they are a solutions-oriented organization. To learn more, to get involved, campaignforliberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org. Just tremendous, tremendous uh, work by Ron Paul uh, on all of his columns, but particularly uh, this one as we get ready this new year to approach it's two things one tax abuse day april 15th and then tax freedom day which is sometime in june where we have to fight and pay the government the first half of the whole year it's all criminal and needs to stop we absolutely need to abolish the irs and the federal reserve boy dr paul's right all right, Lowell Nelson in seconds. We got more. Hang tight on Liberty Roundtable Live. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Another incredible column written by Julie Kelly. This one uh, is relevant, especially when the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, claims he's going to release all 14,000 hours of video so we can get to the truth. I pray that there's not a nuanced manipulation to that. I pray that uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans truly do as they promise, because if they do, we are in for a shock, lol. That's right, Sam. Uh, her article, Julie Kelly's article, was posted at ronpaulinstitute.org on Saturday, just two days ago, which is where I saw it. Now, hiding this video footage, this 14,000 hours of surveillance video, uh, hiding all of that has helped to conceal the identities of the real agitators on January 6th. I mean, you and I both know, Sam, and people who were there, they know that the 99% of the people there were peace-loving, um, uh, election integrity advocates there to uh, protest the um, the stolen election, basically. Yeah, they and, were patriots in the truest sense of the word. God, family, and country brought them there in a peaceful way to encourage mm-hmm. for the proper role of limited government with its checks and balances to work properly. Lowell? Yes, and and then the the, the the dark side, they sprinkled in among the crowd uh, agitators uh, and, and, you know, to cause conflict and to, to lead people down a, a primrose path to, uh, to destruction, basically, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. But, but what, what hit us like a bombshell last week, folks, was jaw-dropping testimony during the Richard Barnett trial. <clears throat> now, Richard Barnett, I believe he's from Montana, and he's on trial. And here it is, two years later, after the incident, he's finally on trial. And I think in that in and of itself is a travesty, Sam. I mean, we have a right to a speedy trial. And, and two years later, in my opinion, that is not a speedy trial. And, and he's one of the first. Well, not one of the first, but, I mean, there's still hundreds of people in prison waiting uh, due process. So, anyway, the government finally has him on trial. 
and by the government's own witnesses, um, just jaw-dropping testimony by the government's own witnesses, they frankly admitted and confirmed under cross-examination by the defense that agents provocateur were heavily involved in instigating the events of January 6th. Now, I, I want to disclose here a snippet of testimony. This testimony came, or came, yeah, came was given by Captain Carnacia Mendoza. Okay, remember that name, Mendoza. Captain Mendoza. He was a he was a tactical commander for the U.S. Capitol Police at the time. So two years ago, basically, during the January 6th of 2021, tactical tactical commander for U.S. Capitol Police. He's on the stand last week being cross-examined by the defense attorney. He testified last Wednesday how a group of agitators destroyed security barriers and lured people to Capitol grounds that afternoon. So here's the question. Here's, here's right from the transcript of the trial itself. Defense counsel Brad Geyer, or Geyer, let's call him Geyer, Brad Geyer. Uh, he's the defense counsel. He asks the question, isn't it true that you had a lot of people, a large quantity of people, walking down two streets that dead ended at the Capitol? Mendoza replied, yes, sir. <clears throat> Geyer then asks, and would it be fair to say that at least at some of the leading edges of that crowd, they contained bad people or provocateurs? Is that fair? Mendoza replied, it's fair. Geyer asked, dangerous people? Mendoza, remember Mendoza, he's the, the captain, the police of, of the U.S. Capitol Police, right? He replied, yes, to the question, dangerous people. He replied, yes. Geyer then asked, violent people? Mendoza said, yes. Geyer asked, highly trained violent people? Mendoza said, yes. And then Geyer asked, highly trained violent people who work and coordinate together? And Mendoza replied, yes. <clears throat> wow. It was a stunning admission, writes Julie Kelly, quote, representing the first time a top law enforcement official stated under oath, to her knowledge anyway, that a coordinated, experienced group of agitators engaged in much of the mischief early that day. Under further questioning, Mendoza acknowledged those same individuals pushed through barriers, removed barriers, threw barriers over the side, removed fencing, and eased the flow of people into places where they should not be, end of quote. Wow, this is bombshell, Sam. This happened around 1 p.m., the same time the joint session of Congress convened. Well, well first, yeah, I want to get to that point in just a minute, but... Before I leave the bombshell, you know, I want to give you a chance to comment about it. I mean, I have not heard any testimony from, and, and this came from a government witness, right? The government put him on the stand to testify about the, you know, the mischief caused at the Capitol. But upon cross-examination, he admitted that most of the mischief was done by agents provocateurs, Sam. My response is there's no question the truth is coming out, and that's why these 14,000 hours of video will be so pivotal, so vital, uh, so important. We gained a lot of knowledge about this truth from Revolver Magazine uh, and from the Gateway Pundit reporting on these things where they document in video Ray Epps 
uh, and others leading that provocateur agenda and movement. Ray Epps runs free while good, honest people are in prison. And I'll give you an example. If you watch the Epic Times uh, movie, the other side of the 9/11 or the other side of the January 6th story, the government was literally attacking the citizens as if it was a war. Uh, the government was literally okay. My friend Victoria who was on the radio with me the day after January 6th. She couldn't come on the radio with me in the middle of it because all the cell phones were blocked and shut down. She tried. But she was on the next day, and she was forced into the Capitol, and she got arrested. Uh, And she's in that movie from the Epic Times, and she documents what kind of liars these people are. Look, I had several people come on the radio and testify from the inside. She didn't go into the Capitol willingly folks she was on the outside and she was shoved pushed into the capitol she was trying to stop the provocateurs and she witnesses and testifies firsthand that she ashley babbitt and others were doing their very best to stop the provocateurs who were pretending they were donald trump supporters and the supporters would see these provocateurs and say hey whoa you can't do that stop hold on quit and these people testify to this folks But now all the good guys are in prison. We have documented evidence on video that the Oath Keepers literally went into the building because they were asked to by some cops, and they then brought out police officers to safety. They used a military formation to get past the crowd, go in, help these police officers, rescue them to safety. It's documented. Well, the government shows them on the steps as if they were going in in a military uh, fashion, or it was stacked formation. So the government makes you believe that they went in with ill intent. They don't tell the rest of the story, which is on video. Folks, the Epic Times movie documents this. The Revolver magazine. And so this from the inside, from a government employee witness, Mendoza, under questioning, highlights facts. And we're going to have more and more and more evidence come out if McCarthy and company truly play ball not manipulate but truly release this information the government might completely get exposed over this and the truth might come out but when we know the fbi and the cia is manipulating everything we see and hear now wow folks the government tried to bury this fourteen thousand hours of video so julie kelly is one of the premier reporters on this and she's spot on folks absolutely right tim she then makes the point that this happened around 1 p.m., this meaning the, um, you know, discarding the barriers, uh, throwing away the barriers, inviting people into the Capitol. And this happened around 1 p.m., and, and this is the same time that the joint session of Congress convened to debate the results of the 2020 presidential election. And so you have to ask yourself, why did they do this? Why did they, why did they, uh, uh, why did these individuals, these provocateurs, uh, basically rush the Capitol and and and, and bring in, you know, uh, scores of people into the Capitol at 1 p.m. the very same time the Joint Session of Congress convened? Well, I think they did it because they didn't want Congress to discuss the evidence of election fraud set forth by about 100 members of Congress. I mean, they were there. You know, there were about 100 members of Congress, dozens anyway, prepared to discuss evidence of election fraud in various states. There were at least six battleground states that they were going to discuss that evidence, but they didn't get to. Why? Because of this so-called insurrection 
that was staged by these agents' provocateurs. Sam? All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, Truth Tellers, along with Julie Kelly on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. New York City Mayor Eric Adams on Sunday called on the federal government to address the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border that is overwhelming city officials throughout America. Our cities are being undermined, and we don't deserve this. Migrants don't deserve this, and the people who live in the cities don't deserve this. The Democrat mayor was in El Paso this weekend to survey the border and meet with his counterparts to discuss how the crisis is impacting the community. We expect more from our national leaders to address this issue in a real way. The debt limit for America will be front and center moving forward as the national debt, now at nearly $31.5 trillion, has grown exponentially over the last few years. According to most analysts, August is the true deadline by which Congress needs to act on a budget and the debt limit. Republicans are going to have to work with each other. Budget resolution due in early spring is expected to lay out a plan to get back to budget surpluses in 10 years. That could come with cuts to social programs and defense spending that some Republicans oppose. Democrats say they refuse to negotiate altogether. If nothing's worked out, Treasury could be forced to live hand-to-mouth through a series of interim debt ceiling increases for weeks or months. I'm John Schaefer. House Republicans are seeking two years of visitors' log from President Biden's Delaware home as part of a push for more details about top-secret documents that were found in Mr. Biden's home and a Washington, D.C. office. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, the Republican from Kentucky, wrote White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain a letter on Sunday, quote, Given the serious national security implications, the White House must provide the Wilmington residence's visitor's log, end quote. Wild card playoffs in the National Football League wraps up tonight as Dallas travels to Tampa Bay, Florida, 815 Eastern is kickoff. This is USA News. Nothing fights the winter blues like a delicious and satisfying meal. Luckily, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to start the year right and keep that warm and cozy feeling going all winter long. Right now is the perfect time to stock up and fill your freezer with flavor. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $30 off your order. Save on perfectly portioned favorites, easy meals, and so much more with Omaha Steaks Freezer Filler Sale. That's $30 off an endless variety of gourmet choices from incredible steaks, premium chicken, delicious pork to seafood. There's something for everyone, and every bite is backed by their 100% money back guarantee visit omahasteaks.com today enter treat at checkout to get 30 dollars off your order order with complete confidence today knowing you're ordering the very best visit omahasteaks.com use promo code treat at checkout to get that extra 30 dollars off your order minimum order may be required Welcome back, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable live here on the Internet. And um, your host is uh, Sam Bushman. My name is Lowell Nelson. I am his guest Monday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. More like a co-host, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm with you, Lowell. (laughs) 
I so very much appreciate the opportunity to bring this important information to you. And I scour uh, two or three websites through campaignforliberty.org. I, I also look at ronpaulinstitute.org and then finally lourockwell.com. Those are the three sites that I really like to scour. And I pick up the stories which I think are the most important for us to, to discuss and highlight on a Monday morning. And this next story comes from LouRockwell.com. It's an article by Dr. Joseph Sansoni, posted on LouRockwell.com just on Saturday. It was entitled, Florida Should Threaten to Leave the United States if the WHO Treaty is Signed. And I've renamed that uh, title to be State. <laughs> Not just Florida, State in general should threaten to leave the U.S. if the WHO Treaty is signed. Now, what is this WHO Treaty? Well, it's the World Health Organization Treaty. Well, basically, that would mandate vaccines for everybody on the planet, and it would require vaccine passports. So you couldn't travel without a passport proving that you had received the vaccine. I mean, there's a bunch of garbage in this treaty, but it's the, from the World Health Organization. They want to impose this on every, well, every country on the planet, basically. But the Biden administration is thinking about, uh, you know, agreeing with this treaty. And see, that's the danger. And they're in February, not this month, but next month, the, the Biden administration is going to be considering this treaty. And if they sign the treaty, uh, it, it's bad news, folks, because, you know, one of, the, one of the problems with this treaty is that it would go into effect immediately without any ratification by the U.S. Senate. And, in fact, the treaty itself is not aligned with the Constitution at all, which makes it null and void anyway. But if the, uh, the Senate doesn't ratify it, then, of course, it's null and void. But who knows, in the fog of war, what will happen, right? I mean, if the Biden administration says, we signed the treaty and now everybody has to follow it, then there will be a bunch of sheeple in various states around the country that will go ahead and, you know, start imposing this this, um, you know, the, the, the elements of this treaty on the this sovereign. Uh, hold on, Lol, this sovereignty violating yeah. international by force cabal, folks. Lol. That's right. And, and they'll start to enforce this treaty on the residents of, of their state. And so that's why this is it's such an important issue. I mean, most states, um, are you know they're gearing up for a legislative session you know just like Utah our starts tomorrow and um, they're you know most states they they'll have a session that might go 30 days 45 days 60 days some states go all year round but you know it's gearing up and so this is the the time folks when you need to be in touch with your legislator and you need to make sure they know you do not want them to to participate in this the great reset. You know, Dr. Sansoni, he writes that today's politicians, quote, pretend not to know that an international criminal class in collusion uh, with the Department of Defense and the intelligence community is using biological weapons in the form of COVID-19 and COVID-19 injections against the human population, end quote. And so Dr. Sansoni suggests that if your state legislators do not openly oppose the Great Reset, then they are part of the problem. He writes this. He says, quote, the proposed WHO Treaty is seeking to bypass Senate ratification and is written in a way that it will take effect immediately upon the Biden administration's delegation signing onto the treaty. This treaty will give WHO 
the World Health Organization, power over your medical decisions and over society as a whole. I have argued that it is a race to indict before the treaty is signed. And so he basically, Dr. Sansoni, he lives in Florida, apparently, and he wants the Florida legislature and governor to pass a bill that says we are not going along with this, uh, this treaty by the World Health Organization. And if the Biden administration signs it, then Florida will secede from the union, basically leave the union, you know, if, that's, if the Biden administration signs that treaty. Very interesting. Now, here in Utah, we commence our 45-day legislative session tomorrow, and one of the bills the legislature will consider is HB 131, Vaccine Passport Prohibition, sponsored by the courageous Walt Brooks. So if you live in Utah, people, please encourage your legislator to support this bill, HB 131, Vaccine Passport Prohibition. Obviously, you know, a, a treaty by the World Health Organization would not be the supreme law of the land because it is not made in pursuance of the Constitution. In fact, it diametrically opposes the, the Constitution, and therefore it's null and void. But, folks, in the fog of war, meaning the propaganda battles that will rage if the Biden administration signs this treaty, the World Health Organization would assert their sovereignty over us. And there will be willing sheeple in public office that will go along with the madness enforcing the mandate. So, in my opinion, Sam, Dr. Sansoni gets this right. The WHO Treaty is not legitimate, even if it was ratified by the Senate, because it's diametrically opposed to the Bill of Rights and to the Constitution. See, the natural right to medical freedom and other rights not listed in the Bill of Rights are protected by the Ninth Amendment. These natural rights, natural rights exist outside the jurisdiction of all governments, writes Dr. Sansoni. The United States Senate does not have the jurisdiction, even via a treaty, to nullify the Bill of Rights, end quote. And so he suggests that government DeSantis, Governors DeSantis and the Florida legislature approve a law nullifying any such treaty in their state threaten to leave the union if such a treaty is signed. He encourages his other states to do likewise. And his last quote here, quote, it must be made clear that adopting a treasonous treaty that violates the individual rights of citizens will have repercussions, end of quote. So, Sam, this is a good article. He brings to light a very important, um, you know, development. Uh, if the Biden administration actually considers and actually signs this treaty, then states, we need to be prepared to reject it, to nullify it, to not enforce it. That's what states need to be doing. We need to have the courage, the backbone to, to do that and, uh, you know, and, and just not go along with it, despite what the Biden administration does on this point. Sam? I agree 100% with you and Dr. Sansoni on this, where, you know what, this is treason. Uh, it would be a violation of one's oath of office to ratify in the Senate and or uh, sign the bill, and all that do so should be removed from office uh, for violating their oath of office and a dereliction of duty, uh, literally violating the sovereignty of the supreme law of the land of the United States, the very document that they swore to uphold when they were sworn in. 
Uh, they need to protect America from enemies, foreign and domestic. This is a domestic and foreign enemy. Why do I say both? Because uh, there are people advocating for it inside and outside the country. But it's a global cabal that violates our sovereignty, that stands against the Constitution. If a, if a treaty is pursuant to the Constitution, meaning that it, that it helps us internationally support our own sovereignty, uh, but yet encourages the world to have sovereignty of their own and provide freedom to their people as well, then fine. But in this case, it does no such thing. It's treasonous activity. Uh, where I hesitate a little bit is suggesting that we would secede from the Union. I don't believe that to be the right remedy. I believe prosecution of these criminals is the right remedy. I believe the American people to literally vote everyone who voted for this or, or voted to ratify, whatever you want to call it, or who signed it should be literally uh, removed from office. I believe there's a lot of remedies we can take. I just don't think secession makes the problem go away, and I don't think it makes it better. Uh, if we're not very careful, we'll end up with a worse situation. The same issue with the CONCON. I don't believe we have the right people. Even Glenn Beck finally realized that CONCON was foolish. Uh, he backed away from a CONCON and decided he's not for it anymore. Because, look, we don't have the, the education in the people. We don't have good, honest patriots who have God, family, and country uh, in mind uh, anymore in America, at least not on the national stage. And to prove the point, I say, who would you vote for for president? You know, who would you put up as a name to run for president? Or who would you put up as a name to lead the Speaker of the House, etc.? Nobody has a good answer for me, which proves my point that, you know what? We don't have the people in place that have the uh, intestinal fortitude, the moral compass, uh, and the guts and the integrity, the statesmanship to lead and to stand on principle based on the rule of law and their oath of office and on their uh, commitment to God, family, and country, and to we the people. So... I understand the point, and I agree that it would be criminal and it needs to be stopped. I think there's a lot of better remedies than secession, a lot of better remedies than an Article 5 convention. Uh, so when we get back, we'll have um, Lowell Nelson respond to that. Then we got a final, literally horrifying story for you. We'll talk about it in seconds. They've got plans for us, folks. We better not let the secret combinations get above us. I can say that. Lowell Nelson, Sam Bushman. Continue in seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. 
But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to Liberty Roundtable Live right here. Well, my name is Lowell Nelson. I'm with Sam Bushman this morning, and we uh, uh, we just talking about this um, this idea from Dr. Sansoni that um, Florida and all legislatures ought to repudiate or to nullify the uh, the World Health Organization treaty that would impose vaccine mandates and vaccine passports on the people if it were approved. So the Biden administration is going to consider this in February. And uh, Sam made the point before the break that secession is not the best solution. And I agree. I believe that nullification is the rightful remedy. That's what uh, Madison described in Federalist Number 44. Nullification is the rightful remedy to curb or curtail the power, the overreach of the general government. And, this and prosecution of the criminals that violate this in the first place. Ah, yes, absolutely. And, uh, and, and so, you know, some people, they misunderstand this Article 6 of the Constitution because, you know, the, the Constitution says that laws of the United States um, shall be the supreme law of the land. They leave out an important uh, clause of this Article 6 statement of the U.S. Constitution. What it says is this Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, right? So the laws, only the laws made in pursuance of the Constitution shall be the supreme law of the land, right? And all treaties made and, uh, shall be the supreme law of the land. Now, a lot of people will parse that and they'll say, well, if, the, if, the, if we make a treaty, uh, that'll be the supreme law of the land regardless of the Constitution. But that's not true. That's not the case. That's not what the founders intended. The, the only way to amend the Constitution, that's specified in Article 5. There's only two ways to amend it. And, uh, you know, ratifying a treaty is not one of those ways. Therefore, ratification of a treaty is, is not, uh, you, cannot rati- you cannot amend the Constitution by ratifying a treaty. And I'm going to give you a quick comparison, uh, Lowell, to make the point. In the state of Illinois right now, they're trying to ban these um, guns, and they call them assault weapons, which is a lie in the first place. But the governor is doing this. uh, by He signed it into law. He's threatening all law enforcement that if they don't go along, they'll be fired. Seventy-four sheriffs now in the state of Illinois are standing against the governor on this. But I I maintain to the governor, whether it's downstream, uh, well, let me say it differently. Whether it's upstream from the government to the states, remember the states are above the general government. They created the general government, folks. The tail doesn't wag the dog. The general government's not above the states. The states are above the general government. So um, the states don't have authority, though, to violate the dual sovereignty of the general government. Neither does a treaty. So whether it goes into the country or external, in other words, foreign or domestic, the same reality is the same. That law is supreme. And any law that contradicts that law is null and void on its face. 
If you don't like that, you have the ability to modify the Constitution, to change it, to amend it. But as Lowell Nelson wisely pointed out, there's only two ways to do that. And making a law at the state level and or at the international level, or a rule or a guideline or a treaty or whatever words you want to call it, an agreement, a resolution, none of that changes the reality of the supreme law is supreme law. Absolutely right, Sam. Well put. Um, I encourage people to, to visit lewrockwell.com. You can read the article in its entirety and a boatload of other great articles that uh, could be very interesting to you. But we need to turn down, turn now to 15-minute cities and the right to travel, Sam. Alexandra Bruce wrote an article posted at lewrockwell.com two weeks ago about 15-minute cities. Now, some of you may have heard about 15-minute cities, you know, but last week was the very first time I had ever heard about it. And I consider myself fairly well in the know because I watched it. Amen. And I got educated (laughs) on it from you, Lowell, and bringing that article to my attention. Holy cow. Well, 15-minute cities, um, you need to put them on your radar now because they are uh, the next big thing, according to the World Economic Forum. And if uh, if the Great Reset has its way, then you will become a member of a a 15-minute city. (laughs) It's the Great Reset's trendy new name for what we call open-air prison camp. (laughs) So the idea... According to Alexander Bruce, who who wrote this article, he says this, the idea is to corral everyone into neighborhoods small enough to walk from one end to the other in 15 minutes. Everything you need within a half mile radius so you'll never, ever have to leave. The perpetrators of this outrageous plan, he writes, are marketing it with a gentle tone, telling you that you will eat healthy, stay active, Get around and enjoy the outdoors in your tiny little open-air prison camp. These organizations are telling you that there isn't enough room for you because you are the reason that Mother Earth is sick. He's still, I'm still quoting him. He writes, this is the subtext, convincing people to not have children and persuading them to castrate the ones they have, end quote. This is startling. It's astonishing. It is Wow, just over the top, Sam. So last week, after I read this piece about 15-minute cities, I also watched a short video uh, by Katie Hopkins. Uh, She lives over in the U.K., uh, and she made this video because the city, the Oxford Council, the city of Oxford there in the U.K., the Oxford Council recently approved an ordinance that implements Six zones into which Oxford has been divided. See, they are—they have implemented 15-minute cities right there in the city of Oxford. So, you know, don't say this is just a pipe dream. Somebody dreaming up this, you know, George Soros or what's his name, or the World Economic Forum is dreaming this up. This is taking place in the Oxford city. In fact, Paris, France, last year announced that they were doing it. And now Oxford, city of Oxford is, has done it. And, and so she says this plan, this is Katie Allen talking, she says this plan is supposed to save the planet. I, now, Katie is exposing this plan. She's not for it. She's exposing it. And, and she says this would be implemented with the electronic fences and license plate and facial recognition. Now, you can obtain a permit to visit another zone in the city of Oxford. There are six zones, remember. You live in one zone, and you would have to drive out of your zone you have to go to the outer perimeter of the city and then drive around the perimeter 
and enter the zone of the people you want to visit. You know, enter the zone that contains your destination. So if you travel through an electronic fence, or if you depart your zone of the city without permission, you'll be fined and or penalized in some other way, such as with a reduction of your social credit score, right? So you might be fined 100 bucks if you drive through an electronic fence. Now this is called geofencing. We're talking about geographically fencing a portion of the city. So here you live in the city of Oxford in the UK. You don't see any fences, any gates that keeps you from driving across you know, town, you know, through down the street across town, but you have an electronic fence in the way. And if you drive through that electronic fence, license plate readers and surveillance footage will identify you as violating this zone and you will be fined and or penalized for crossing a geographic fence line, an electronic fence. Now, of course, the, the promoters of this idea, they say it's a tremendous benefit to us useless eaters because everyone we, everything we need, you know, meaning church, school, grocery stores, clothing stores, gymnasiums, and so forth, all of that will be within a 15-minute walk of your residence. So, 15-minute city sounds pretty good, eh? <laughs> now, if they called it a concentration camp, you may not want to live there, but boy, if they call it a 15-minute city, then you're going to want to live there, Sam. You're you're going to be you're going to be you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy, Sam. What do you think of that? They're going to call it the UN Agenda 2030. We call it Beware 15-minute cities are another globalist scheme, ladies and gentlemen. Listen carefully. Fif the 15-minute city concept is crucial to the United Nations Agenda 2030 and their net zero green agenda. The World Economic Forum is also pushing this concept. This is dangerous. It sounds awesome on the surface that, you know what, it'd be great if I could just not have a car, if I could decrease my expenses. It's the tyranny uh, that surrounds these city planners that you got to be aware of. You got to go to your local city councils, go to your local county commission meetings, and you've got to fight and against this and beware. It'll come in very politely. They'll come in trying to build consensus. They'll give you all the positives of this, but the negatives are evident. What we need to go back is to constitutional counties with a county sheriff with a, uh, the true checks and balances that America is known for. If we want to do anything that could benefit any of us, it would be constitutional counties as opposed to 15-minute cities. Lowell? Uh, well put. And you can think about the dangers of this very easily when you think about food. Just think about the water that you will need to drink and the food that you will need to eat if you live in a 15-minute city and you give up your car and you're not able to, you know, grow your own food, and you depend on the city to provide your water, just think about where that puts you. What a precarious position that you that, that I put you in, because you're now dependent on the government for your sustenance, for your food, for your water, for your very life. And if they can control your food, and they can control your water, then you are a slave. You are just an abject slave to the government, if you don't have control over your food and your water. 
We need to remember when you have a vehicle, you have the chance to flee. If you should lose that in your area, you have the chance in America, the right of travel to just literally go somewhere else. That would be taken away from you, Lowell. Right. And that's why I so appreciated your, your guest last week, Sam, the Fortitude Ranch, talking about, you know, preparing for the worst, but enjoying the present. Um, I'm going to have a guest uh, on my show tomorrow um, where uh, he's going to talk about uh, private membership communities where people get together and they begin networking and, you know, build, you know, growing their own food and, and exchanging uh, uh, foodstuff, commodities, and, uh, you know, preparing for having their own source of water and their own source of food, growing their own food. I mean, we, this, is a fan, this is fantastic. This, this is the pushback we need. And so if you have an opportunity to, to look at the Fortitude Ranch and similar ideas, please do so. Please, you know, put your, put your shoulder into that effort because you're going to need to be able to, to, to grow your own food. Maybe we need to be more rural, not more urban. And, and just to put it, put icing on the cake here, Sam, I was talking to somebody last week who was talking about four cities in Utah. We have four zones, and they would move all people in Utah to these four zones, something like Weber, Salt Lake, Utah, and one, one other zone. And if you weren't in this zone, you'd be out of bounds, and you'd be forced off your property off your rural property into one of these four cities of Utah. That is truly scary, and we must resist. We can't let that happen here, folks. you got to stand for liberty, ladies and gentlemen, and I agree. We're going to be talking a whole lot more about those kinds of um, plannings and opportunities. I, I forget to mention often that Lowell Nelson, folks, is just a multi-talented. He's a talk show host in his own right, and he's on a local radio station here in Utah called KTKK. Uh, K-Talk is what it's nicknamed. We're going to be putting his podcast, uh, the um, archive of the show, up on the Loving Liberty Radio Network and doing a whole lot more together. So stay tuned for all that. For Lowell Nelson and Sam Bushman, you know, we brought up a lot of scary stuff. But if you turn to God Almighty and you turn to your family, ye shall have no fear. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Thanks, Lowell.